Amen. So this morning, uh, we want to continue in our study. We're talking about the pastor and the people. The pastor and the people. We're talking about this reciprocal relationship, the, the, the relationship between the pastor and the people. And last week, we, we started off talking about, we, we, we started in Galatians 6 and 6. And I want to go back there just to revisit something there that I want to be very clear on. Amen. As I told you uh, last week that we all have relationships. Um, we, we all have relationships that are important. Amen. I told you last week that um, the relationship with your, with your doctor is important. Uh, it's amazing how we trust the doctor with the most intimate things about ourselves. Come on, somebody. And uh, we, we don't, we've never seen the degree on their wall. Ain't that something? <laughs> we trust the facility and we believe that the facility has vetted the doctor to be able to qualify them in order to take care of us. I believe just like your relationship with your doctor is important, I believe that the relationship with your pastor is equally or even, if I would say, even more important. Um, your, your doctor deals with your physical, your physicalities, the things that you're dealing with in your body in this life. But I believe your pastor. I believe your pastor is a nurturer of your soul. He's a nurturer of your spiritual life. Amen. And not only that. Amen. But he helps you and assists you in living out this Christian life. Think about it like this. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, new things have come. And so if you are a new creature living a new life, amen, then as a newborn baby, as Paul says, that you are to long for the milk of the word, but you need someone to feed you the word. And so I believe, saints, and I'll show you throughout this study how important this relationship with your pastor is. And we started off in Galatians 6.6 6 last week, and uh, we talked about, we, well, we looked at the context, and we talked about, we dealt with verse 6, and we said that as your life changes, amen, Galatians 6.6 6 says, the one who is taught the word is to share or to communicate all good things with the one who teaches him. In other words, what the writer is saying is that after your life has uh, went through a reconstruction. Come on, somebody. A regening, because now you're a new creature. God will set your life up differently than he did before. That's what I was reflecting on today. I was reflecting on the relationship that I had with my pastor and how my life is different than it used to be. Amen. That I've learned new things. I've learned how to live. I learned how to love. I've, I learned how to love God. I learned how to read his word. And, and here's the thing about the beauty of, about it all. The beauty of it all is that Paul is saying to these, to these 
to the, to the recipients of this book in Galatians 6 and 6. He's saying that we ought to share all good things with the one who teaches us. And, and I thought about that for a minute. How much, how many good things I have received in my life as a result of the teaching that I received from my pastor. Come on and help me somebody. He says in verse 7, he says, do not be deceived. That's what he says. He says, do not be deceived. And I believe that Satan tries to bring deception in the relationship between the pastor and the people. The enemy tries to cause you to think sometimes, oh, the man of God does not care about me, or he, you know, he doesn't want to fool with me, or whatever the case may be. Satan can lodge in our minds certain things. He can allow, you can allow him, amen, to infiltrate your mind because mainstream pastors today uh, have a bad rep today because of what the mainstream is doing. But I'm talking about the true shepherds. I'm talking about the ones who really feed and, and the one who lead and the one who, who cares for the sheep. Amen. And he says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And I, and I started to look at that. I said, I said, what is he saying? He says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Now the context says, the one who teaches the word, who is taught the word, Ought to communicate with the one who or share all good things with the one who teaches him. And so what he says is don't be deceived. God is not mocked. That word mocked in the Greek has the idea of blowing snot out of your nose in the face of God. And so it is in the context of us not supporting oh, or sharing all good things with the man of God. Are you with me? Or with the teacher. He says, he says, whatever a man sows, that will he also what? Reap. He says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. So what he's saying is, if, our lives get better because of the preaching. Listen, you and I did not arrive where we are today. Amen. By ourselves. Listen, it is the man of God who's been teaching you the word of God that has caused you and I to come to our right senses. And then he gave us principles to live by. Watch this. So that we can enjoy the good things that come with obedience to his word. And so therefore he says that if after you've received all these good things. Material things is what he's talking about. And you are enjoying your new house. And you are enjoying your, your newfound life. And you are prospering and being blessed by God. And you only sow into your flesh. Watch this. You, you, you only think about you and you're not thinking about the one who taught you the principles. I wish I had somebody. Amen. And notice how God sees the man of God. 
God sees the man of God, watch this now, as one who is of the spirit and not of the flesh. He says the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit <laughs> will from the spirit reap eternal what? Life. Isn't that interesting? That he says that when you sow into the man of God. Oh, I'm talking about the relationship between the pastor and the people. When you sow into the man of God, good things. And I'm not just talking about monetary things, but he is talking here about money. He is talking about resources. He says that you are now not being deceived. You are not mocking God. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't support the man of God, you are mocking God because possibly we have been deceived into believing that the things that we have now, that we did it. Come on and say amen. He says in his word, he says that when you sow into the man of God, you're sowing into the spirit. And he says, and from the spirit, watch this, from the spirit will reap eternal life. I thought about that. I thought about this. We got saved through the gospel. The gospel was presented to us through the man of God. And think about this. It is through the gospel and through the preaching and teaching of the word of God and the man of God that you now have the opportunity, watch this, and have received eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord have mercy. The man of God now comes in your life, the pastor, and he begins to help you with the sanctification process whereby you grow in proximity, hallelujah, and in the process of living here on earth, amen, and glorifying God through the principles of the word of God. See, a lot of people think that it's just I'm getting saved and after I'm saved, that's it. No, you can't just get saved and stay home and read your Bible. You and I need a shepherd. Come on and help me. You need someone to feed you. Someone to guide you. Someone to instruct the word of God to you. He says, look what he says in verse 9. He says, let us not lose heart hmm, in doing good. <laughs> Come on and help me. He says, for in due time. We will reap if we do not grow weary. Listen to this. Paul is saying the relationship with the pastor ties into your harvest. Lord have mercy. Not just your physical harvest, but your spiritual harvest. He says in this text that, notice what he said, he says, don't lose heart. 
He says the principles that you're learning. Here's what happens to a lot of people. They move from pastor to pastor. From one preacher to another preacher. Oh, I don't want to listen to him, you know, because I ain't getting it. Uh, or, or I don't want to listen to her or, or this person there because I ain't getting it. I don't want to listen to that person because I ain't getting it. And they're jumping around from place to place. They've been sowing here and sowing there and sowing there and sowing everywhere but where they're supposed to be sowing. You're supposed to be sowing where you're being fed. Come on, help me now. And he says that in due time. See, what happens in, in a lot of relationships what happens in life sometimes and in, in Christianity, we believe that if we sow today, we should reap back today. But when you sow a seed, it takes time for the seed to grow. Come on and help me now. He says, do not grow weary mm -hmm, in doing good. You say, man, I'm doing good. But I don't see nothing coming out the relationship. You got to wait your turn. And can I help somebody with something? When you wait your turn in due season. And I'm not talking about right now. It may not happen right now. It may not happen next year. It may not happen for the next 10 years. But if you keep sowing. If you keep doing good. Watch this. If you, if you, watch it, if you keep sowing into the spirit. Into the man of God. He says you will in due time. Can I tell you, can I say this to you this morning? Wait for your time. He says, you will reap if you do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do what? Good. Let us do what? Good. Let us do good to those who are of the what? The household of faith. And you know what? The church, this is another name for the church. The household of faith. Can I tell you, in 15 years of pastoring, I've been mistreated by people. I've been lied on, talked about. Amen. And the list goes on. And there are some people who have not been good to me. Come on now. Amen. And here's the thing. The beautiful thing about pastoring. Is that I believe. And I'm talking about for myself. I don't take it personal. Because I realize. That that person. Is being deceived. Come on and help me. And so I start with this scripture. But the question is. The pastor's relationship. So let's look at the pastor's position real quick. First of all, to have a right relationship, there must first of all be an understanding of the pastor's position. A lot of people don't understand the pastor's position. Uh, then, the peop then you'll know what to expect from your pastor. What to look for in your pastor. Amen. And what God expects, watch this, from them, amen, as you continue in your relationship with them. Are you with me? So the first thing is, a pastor is a preacher for the church. I'm going to say it one more time. 
He is a what? A preacher for the church. Watch this. Pastors are given the gift to preach. And to preach divine truth. Saints, God gave, go to Ephesians chapter 4. God gave to the church, okay, the pastor, to preach. Now, there have been people who have come come through this church. I've been in other churches too, and I've I've counseled, and I not just counsel, but I mentor pastors. And one of the things that I say to pastors all the time, it is your responsibility to preach truth. And I want to make another statement behind that. You are the principal preacher in the church. Any other preachers in the church has to understand that it is not their job to preach at that church. If the pastor shares the responsibility with you in the pulpit, that is a privilege. It's a what? It's a privilege. I never forget when I've been called when I was called to preach. Amen. My pastor said to me, he said, Now all you have to do is prepare. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. Your job is to prepare. Spend the years preparing. That's exactly what I did. Amen. I did not look for any opportunity to preach. It came to me because I was preparing, amen, for what God had called me to do. Now as a pastor, you understand one thing. The pastor's job is to preach. He is a preacher for the church. I'm going to say it one more time. He's a what? A preacher for the church. His responsibility is to help you to grow, amen, through preaching. He's not here to sing. Uh-oh. Well, he's not a comedian. Amen. He's not a poet. He doesn't tell nursery rhymes. His job is to preach. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, well, let's, let's, let's read from verse 7. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. See that? He says, now this expression... He ascended, what does it mean? Except that he had descended into the lower parts of the earth. And he who descended is himself, also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave some. I'm going to explain these these. Different. Now, one thing you have to understand is that the, 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 the office of the pastor is what I hold. 
Because I can leave this church and someone can take the office of the pastor. Okay? Just like apostles. It was an office that they held. Now, he says that he gave these to who? He said, well, let me just read it. He says he gave some, not all, as what? Apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, right? Some as what? Pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints for good work. Now, I'll say this. The office of pastor, the office of apostle, for instance, that was an office that was given to the 12 disciples. All right. That office today is no longer in operation because it's no longer needed because everything that God was going to do has already been done and been documented in the word of God. So he gave some as apostles for the foundation of the church. Then he says, and some as prophets. Same thing with the office of prophets. So two offices are no longer, watch this, because Jesus now holds the position in both offices. Alright? Now, except for the apostleship, apostleship was an apostle, and here's the qualification. Get, get it straight. This is why you need a pastor to straighten it out for you. Amen? Watch this. Uh, the office of, of apostle was one, or the qualification for an apostle, is one who walked, talked, and lived with Jesus. Amen. Physically. Now, if you have seen Jesus, then you wouldn't be here. Come on, help me somebody. Amen. All right. Give me, give me a high five emoji right quick. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Apostles are no longer today. Amen. Uh, prophets are no longer today. So you got a lot of people walking around calling themselves prophets, calling themselves prophetess, apostolists, and all kinds of other tisses. Amen. But here's the thing I want to say to you today. Amen. There's no special revelation here, right? God did what he did, and the office is no longer operational. It was foundational for the development of the church. And, and notice this. He says he gave. Amen. And look what he says he gave them for. Now, the evangelist, that, that office is operational today. Pastor is operational today. And teachers are operational today. But why did he give them to the church? See, God gave gifts to the church. And he gave gifts to all of us. But he gave, listen, you got to make sure that whoever you're following, that they have the gift. Lord have mercy. Because there's a lot of people opening these storefront churches. And they're calling themselves pastors. And apostle and prophet. But they have not been called to do that. And so you have to be very careful who you position yourself under and call pastor. Mm -hmm. 
And can I say this to you? Oftentimes, it's the pastors who are doing what is right are the ones who get the most disrespect. Amen. They get the most pushback because they've made the decision to stand on truth. Here's the thing. If you have a problem with your pastor, maybe you have a problem with God. Because you can't love the pastor. Amen. Come on, somebody. You can't love God and say you don't love the pastor. And here's the thing. You don't do that with your doctor. When your doctor gives you bad news, you don't haul off at him. You don't draw back. You go back and see him, don't you? Your dentist, your banker, all these important relationships. But remember what the primary job is of the pastor. It is to what? To preach for the church. Now, what does preaching do? He says, for the equipping of the saints, for good, for what? For the work of service, to the building up of the body, watch this, of the, of, for the building up of the body of Christ. And look what he says next. He says, the job of the pastor, teacher, evangelist, is to equip you, the saints. The, listen, can I, can, I, can I say this? Emotion will not change you. Music will not change you. Preaching does. Preaching changes lives, saints. And that's why you have to fall in love with the preaching. And when you fall in love with the preaching and you have an appetite for the word of God, it's, listen, you can wish upon a star all you want. You, you can, oh, should have do the do the this and that, but I want to say something to you. All that ain't getting you nowhere. How long did that last in your life? You've been speaking in tongues for all these years. And ain't nothing changed about your life. You've been, you've been falling on the ground all these years. And ain't nothing changed. Your character's the same. You still lie. You still cheat. You still cuss. And then on Sunday morning you want to pray. Amen. And Sunday morning you want to hoo-hoo-hoo and all this other stuff. But here's the thing. But when you leave church, you leave empty. And it's possibly because you're not getting the right teaching. I've had many people who've come through these doors in the last 15 years who when they came, they were, they, were, they were on that diet and now they're on a steady diet of the word of God and their lives have changed, not because of me, but because of the word of God being preached through me. Do I have witness? And so your relationship with your pastor is very, very important. Look what he says. He says that God equips you for the work of service. Some of us, before we came to church, all we did was think about ourselves. Come on, somebody. But God taught us through the preaching of his word how to think about somebody else. You've been equipped and when you become equipped, amen, 
you can now really serve God and find satisfaction in it because you are addicted to the preaching. Are you with me? Listen to this. He says in verse 13, he says, until we all, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, watch this now, to a mature man, watch this, preaching helps you to mature. Oftentimes, most believers are immature simply because they have lived their first year of being a Christian ten times over. Every year they're the same. If you're not changing, come on and help me, then that's poss- there's, there's a possibility that you're not paying attention to the preaching. It's not that the word is not good enough. Oh, I wish I had somebody. It's not that the word is not powerful enough. It's not that the word can't do what God says it can do. But there's a possibility that the heart that it's falling in, hallelujah, is maybe that maybe there's some disruption there or maybe you're, you, 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 you love the church, but you don't like the pastor. No, 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 no. One of those moments. Amen. And I've seen that happen. I've seen people stay in churches where they can't stand the pastor, but they love the building. They love the people around them. How in the world can you love everybody in the building but don't love the one that feeds you. That's like biting the hand that feeds you, huh? Seems to me that's the same thing, huh? Amen. So maybe we want the benefits, hmm, but we don't want the responsibility or the accountability. Amen. The pastor's job is to preach. But watch this. His job also is to bring you to a point of maturity. Amen. So that you can continue doing the work that God has saved you and called you to do. Amen. He says, until we come, until we attain the unity of the faith, And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure and stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. Watch verse 14 for me. Watch it. Watch it. Ready? Watch it for me. As a result, we are no longer to be what? See, the preaching is what moves you from infancy to adulthood spiritually but you got to make sure that the one who is preaching is doing it according watch this to the way it's supposed to be done accurately the text says as a result of you being equipped and built up to a mature person, 
through the preaching, through the preacher. The pastor, that is. You with me? I'm talking about the pastor. Y'all with me? Watch this. As a result, as a result is like a therefore. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves. You know, in Christianity, there are waves. Watch this. There are certain doctrines that pop up. There are certain fads that come up. And people start riding the waves. They start hearing certain teachings. And, and it is the job of the pastor preacher to protect you from the waves of deception. That's why your relationship with your pastor should be one that you hold in high esteem. He's not your homeboy. He's not your bro. Hey, bro. Some people can't come out their mouth and say pastor. For some reason, that this feel like gravel in their mouth. Amen. Bro. Man. Dude. But he's the one that's keeping you from being tossed. From, from you riding all these different waves of doctrines. Listen, I may not be popular, but one thing I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make sure that I'm doctrinally sound. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest with anybody. What I'm trying to do, saints, is to make sure that you make, you're going to make it to heaven, but make sure that you mature so that when you get to heaven, you continue what God has for you. Hello, somebody. And that you're not tossed. That you're not vacillating. Amen.